0: Our second lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 22 through verse 5, chapter 5, verse 2. Hear now the word of the Lord. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then put away falsehood. Let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. You are what you eat. Isn't that what we've always heard? We are what we eat. Of course, what that means is that that our physical well-being and even our mental health are largely determined by the quality of the foods that we consume. If we eat unhealthy things like processed foods and fried foods and corn syrup and trans fat and all kinds of sweets, then we are more likely to get illnesses and diseases because those kinds of foods weaken our immune system and slowly destroy our bodies. If, on the other hand, we consume healthy things like fruits and vegetables and dark chocolate, (laughs) then we will be healthier and have stronger immune systems that fight off illness and disease because those kinds of foods have nutrients in them that help build up our bodies. And this idea is not really new. I mean, even back in 1923, one advertisement read, 90% of the diseases known to man are caused by cheap foodstuffs. You are what you eat. Now, that might sound like a little bit of exaggerative advertising to us, but recent nutritional research along with current rates of disease in our country have only revealed that there's far more truth to this than most of us realize. We really are what we eat. Of course, this isn't just true about our physical bodies. It is also true of our spiritual selves as well. Growing up, my mother often reminded us that we are formed by all of the things that we take into ourselves. The books and the magazines that we read, the radio programs and music we listen to, the TV shows and and movies we watch, and now, of course, uh, all the things on the internet and social media that we take in. Whether we realize it or not, all of these things are kinds of spiritual food that form and shape who we are inside. And depending on the, the kinds of things we choose to take in, It will either build us up or slowly destroy us. Of course, this choice is not always as easy as it might seem, for in our culture, we certainly have our work cut out for us. I continue to be shocked by the the, the violence and the language and the immorality I see on TV the video games our kids play continue to become more graphic and more violent. Pornography is still a multi-billion dollar industry and more and more readily available every day. And certainly the, the political climate in our country becomes more and more disturbing as politicians and popular political personalities become more hostile, divisive, Deceiving, manipulative, self aggrandizing, and just downright cruel. And all these things that we take in are subtly forming who we are because we are what we eat. The Apostle Paul tells us that all of these destructive things that we take into our lives actually belong, though, with our old selves, with the the old Adam, which in our baptisms was buried with Christ in his death. And we who have been made new in Christ are taught to put off that old self, which Paul says is corrupt and deluded by its lusts. The trouble is, that old Adam in us does not go down without a fight. I think it was Martin Luther who once said that in our baptisms, the old Adam is drowned. Unfortunately, the old boy's a heck of a swimmer. <laughs> we must continually be on guard against things that that, that revive and nourish that old Adam within us because it keeps rising to the surface when we consume things that are not compatible with and that do not nurture the new self which was created in Christ Jesus for righteousness and holiness. An elder Cherokee Indian was once teaching his grandchildren about life. He said to them, there is a fight going on inside of me. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, envy, anger, resentment, greed, arrogance, self-pity, pride, violence, deception, betrayal, and hate. The other wolf represents peace, love, joy, hope, friendship, generosity, humility, kindness, compassion, truth, faithfulness, and forgiveness. The same fight is going on inside each of you and inside every other person as well. The children all thought about it quietly for a minute. But then one of the children asked his grandfather nervously, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one I feed. I wonder, which of the wolves within is being fed in your life? in my life. The consequences are great because what we choose to take in will either build us up or destroy us, not only as individuals, but also as a church. Because, as Paul says, we are members of one another. Our lives are interconnected, joined together in Christ. So the health of one affects the health of the whole. So we must think, continuously cut off the food supply to that dark wolf because the more it feeds, the hungrier it gets. That's why things like stealing and being angry and lying and gossip are all such addictive behaviors. They feed that dark wolf within us who always demands more. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, they make room for the devil. Now, in all fairness, I realize most of us here don't actually do much stealing, at least not in the traditional sense of the word. But sometimes we're not entirely honest on our taxes. That's a kind of stealing. And then there's times when out of our own pain and insecurity, we tear other people down with our words, stealing their self-esteem, their confidence, their happiness. We steal other people's reputations when we talk badly about them to other people. We steal from God. when we act as if our lives and our money are our own possessions rather than God's when we take what the resources God has entrusted us to use as his stewards in this world, and we use it instead only to indulge the greedy wolf within us. And of course, as we've all seen far too frequently as of late, when we feed that violent wolf with enough anger and hate, we will even steal other people's lives. Of course most of us won't actually kill anyone in our anger, and yet anger is still one of the most destructive things in our lives and one of the dark wolf's favorite foods. And yet, as Jesus' own life makes clear, sometimes a righteous anger is appropriate. After all, only those who are apathetic never get angry. Of course, we tend to think that our anger is always righteous when in reality it is usually merely self-righteous. Still, Paul says, be angry, but he immediately adds, do not sin. Anger is a, a normal human emotion for us to feel and experience. The trouble comes when we start lashing out in our anger, when we use our anger to control other people, when we hold on to our anger and stroke it. Letting it fester inside of us. The trouble comes when we start getting mileage out of it. Anyone here ever gotten mileage out of your anger? But Paul says to us, do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, keep short accounts. We who are Christians ought to resolve our anger in appropriate ways and in a timely fashion. When we try to hold on to that anger inside of us and think that we can manage it, what we discover that it is actually managing us as it slowly eats us from the inside out. It's like radioactive waste the more time we spend with it, the more damage it does. Anne Lamott has said that, that holding on to anger and resentment is like feeding yourself rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. The primary person it destroys is you. But anger not only poisons ourselves, it, it also poisons community because it unleashes our tongues. As we heard in the, the book of James, the, the tongue is a world of fire among the parts of the body because it corrupts the whole person. The, wor- the tongue is a fire and is itself set on fire by the devil When we make room for the devil with our anger, our tongues become his favorite weapon. Of course, we never think that the, the devil's actually in control of our tongues, but the, the devil is a master manipulator, and once he has the reins through our tongues, he does his greatest damage to the body of Christ. One of the first things the Prince of Lies does is to convince, is to blur the lines between truth and falsehood. So we begin to say things casually and carelessly, not really all that concerned about whether it's entirely true, thinking that it might be true or or at least it sounds true or maybe we just would like it to be true. But it is Jesus Christ himself who is the truth. And therefore, whenever we speak as Christians, it is Jesus who is the standard against which the truth of our words must be measured. Falsehood has no place in the body of Christ. Of course, one of the other ways that we destroy the body with our words is when we speak maliciously or insidiously or critically about the church, about its officers, about the staff, about other members. But when we speak badly about others or or, or gossip about others, we not only destroy reputations, we also destroy relationships. Again, because it feeds that dark wolf within us who always demands more, it's addictive behavior. And oh, how hard it is to turn down a juicy piece of gossip, isn't it? Almost as hard as keeping it to yourself. And Satan always tries to convince us that our gossip is just sharing helpful information, and that our criticism is really nothing more than just conveying our genuine constructive comments, when in reality. They both destroy the community. But God gave us words to build each other up, not to destroy. we, We have been made in the image of our loquacious God, whose very word brought life into being by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we who have been claimed, by Jesus in the water of baptism, have that same life-giving spirit within us. And when we use words to tear down rather than to build up, we grieve the Holy Spirit within us because we have been taught to put off that old self and to put on instead that new life, which is ours in Christ. So Paul tells us to get rid of the old Adam and all of his destructive ways, the, the the stealing and the anger and the deception and the malicious talk, all of it, everything that feeds that dark wolf within us. Because it does not befit those who have been saved and forgiven by God in Jesus Christ. Instead, we should speak only what is good for building others up, so that, as Paul says, we give grace through our words to those who hear us. Now, people who have been overwhelmed by the grace of God in their lives, people who have experienced the power of God's forgiving love, invariably become grace-givers themselves. And there are few things that we do that more greatly imitate our God and that feed that virtuous wolf within us than when we give grace to others through our words, especially words of kindness and compassion and encouragement, and of course, forgiveness, which is the only true antidote to anger. But in order for us to become people whose words and actions give grace to others, Paul says we must be continually renewed in the spirit of our minds. Or as, as he says in Romans 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We must be very selective about what we allow to to shape and influence us because it will either build us up or destroy us. So we have to to reject the ways of the old Adam, rejecting the the violence and the the, the pornography and the demonizing and the fear-mongering and the dehumanizing and the the gossiping and the self-righteousness and the hatred that our culture keeps trying to feed us. We must monitor our spiritual diet every day because that old Adam, is always fighting to reach the surface and take control. But the more we, the more we fill our minds with the life-giving words of Scripture, the more we fill our hearts with prayers of thanksgiving to God, the more we fill our mouths with songs of praise sung to God in worship, the more we fill our souls with the body and blood of Christ Christ given to us in Holy Communion, and the more we fill our church with words of kindness and compassion and encouragement and forgiveness, then the more we feed that new self, which we have been given in Jesus Christ, who is the new Adam, It's the only way we will ever be able to build one another up so that we might become the people and the church that God has created us to be. Remember, you are what you eat. And what you consume will determine which of the wolves within you will win. But realize... The consequences are great, but the choice is up to you. Amen.